This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. Here's your host, Jeff Gardner. Welcome to the Good Neighbor Podcast. Today we have another good neighbor on, Darcy McDonnell with Common Hospitality. Darcy, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Okay, let's dive right into the good stuff so the audience can get to know you and your business and what you're doing out there. So tell us a little bit about Common Hospitality. What is it you do, Darcy? Yeah, so we have three restaurants uh, in the core of downtown Aurelia. The first one is the Common Stove, which we opened just two weeks before COVID, so about four years ago now. Um, then in the middle of maybe a year and a half later, in the middle of COVID, we opened up a little taps in the wine bar called Picnic. Um right across the Mariposa Market in the core of downtown. Mm-hmm. And then uh, just this past fall in September, we took over a, uh, a beloved pub and I think we, uh, we were able to re-energize it and um, bring a bit more new life into it. And that's called the Hog and Penny and that's off to a great start so far. Hog and Penny, very cool, man. And that's where you are right now, you're at the pub. Yeah, I'm sitting in the back corner here. Beautiful, beautiful, love it. So the first one was open when? Common Stove was open when? Uh, winter of, I guess, 2020, 16 days, calendar days before COVID. And I think we were open for six days of business or of trading, as my partner says. Okay. Uh, so we got shut down. And that, that wasn't enough suffering for you. So you needed to open up another one. Yeah. The picnic model is kind of neat. Like there's a shop at the back, right? So we have a bottle shop. We sell steaks from the common stove. We bake bread every day. We sell bread. Um, so there was that retail component built in from day one and that we opened that way and then slowly introduced sort of the, the bar restaurant component to it after. Beautiful. So people can do a little bit of shopping there, but they can also stay for food. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, I love it. So something that I'm so curious about, I'm quite privileged to, to do what I do and get to meet so many interesting people and, and learn about different walks of life. The journey, the why is so interesting to me. I think many of our listeners. So why did you get into the the restaurant business the kind of the hospitality business um first and what made you decide to do that i mean 2020 you didn't know COVID was happening but what made you continue through that grind that's such such an interesting story that was a tough time so what made you get into the business in the first place in the first place i mean i grew up uh, in eastern ontario Uh, my mom had 11 brothers and sisters and my dad is a farmer politician so any big holiday, whether it was Easter or Thanksgiving or Christmas, was always sort of at our house with a, a kitchen full of people eating and drinking and music always on and, and you know, uh, a lot of conviviality and stuff. So I grew up around that um, and I was lucky as a, as a young kid to you know, get come up to Toronto from the farm to Toronto and say the Royal York. And that was a big thing, you know, um, but go to Toronto steakhouses and stuff with my parents. Um, so I always was exposed to restaurants a fair bit at a young age mm-hmm. and he wanted to be my own boss and be an entrepreneur. And uh, so I just became, I realized that was a natural fit eventually. So yeah. I had been in the business for 26 or 27 years now. Um, and I had worked for, you know, Toronto's best with Oliver Bonaccini and Charles Caboose and learned a lot of really valuable lessons with other people's money. Um, and then it's the way to do it. <laughs> it is. Yeah. In 2000 and, 12, I guess it was, I opened my own restaurant in Toronto called Farmhouse Tavern, which was um, lucky for me, a huge success. And we had a lot of media attention and a lot of awards and recognition. So it was a really nice platform to kind of start out on my own. And I had that for eight years. 
moved up to Aurelia, uh, actually about maybe eight years ago now. So I commuted back and forth for a little while. And as I was starting to open the common stove in Aurelia, I actually sold the common, uh, sorry, sold farmhouse in Toronto and just stayed in Aurelia full time. Beautiful. What made you move to Aurelia? From the busy city of Toronto where some of the best restaurants in the world, I imagine. I've eaten at a number, a few of them anyways. They're fantastic. Uh, what made you come out this way? Yeah, we had a sweet location in Toronto. We were right down by Ronson's Vale in High Park in mm-hmm. Lake Ontario. And I was five minutes from work. Uh, but my wife got recruited to Aurelia. She's a physician up here, does geriatric medicine and internal medicine. So came up to check it out. I wasn't convinced in the first visit. Um, convinced me on the second visit. But I agreed that I'd come in uh, as long as we lived on the water. So we're lucky to be on Lake Simcoe. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I, I would keep farmhouse for a little while. So I commuted back and forth. Um, until I kind of saw opportunities developing and Aurelia identified a bit of a market and um, I got my ducks in a row to do that in this in my hometown market now. Beautiful. I love it. It's like I've done it once already. I can do it again. And uh, your wife's a hell of a salesperson to get you on the second visit. That's that's a good closing rate. <laughs> I know. It was good. It worked out really well. So before we get into um, a couple of the other questions, I'm curious, can you tell us a little bit about the food or the experience uh, between the three different places so people can know a little bit more about what goes on in there? Yeah, so very similar. I mean, we use the same suppliers for every restaurant. So it's the steak, same steak um, supplier and the same seafood supplier and the same veg supplier across all three restaurants. Mm-hmm. All our three restaurants are Feast-On certified, which means that we... Um, buy a large percentage of uh, our food, wine, beer, and spirits from Ontario and support local farmers and local economy. Uh, But having said that, all concepts are very different. The Common Stove is a live fire steakhouse. Uh, We're right across from the Opera House and the library, so a very big pre-theater, pre-show destination. Mm -hmm. Uh, Picnic is very European. Again, that mix of the little cafe with the retail store. Uh, It's a tapas and wine bar. We have... um, a lot of raw foods and we sell a lot of oysters there um, so for those who have traveled uh, to Europe it's a very familiar setting but maybe mm-hmm. a little bit more unique in our market mm-hmm. and then uh, the pub two of my partners there's three of us sort of that do the common stove together and the hog and penny together and then a different chef who's a partner at picnic but um, my two partners at the stove and at the pub are both British and uh, you know Simon's been in Canada for I think five or six years then maybe a decade or 12 years, but they're uh, fresh off the boat, so to speak, still. And um, that pub was a perfect fit for us. Beautiful. I love it. Three different experiences, all quality, yeah. all in our local uh, Simcoe County really area. Something that I'm curious about, I, it's one of my preferred questions. I like most of them, but there's some that I prefer, is the myths and misconceptions. I find that knowledge can make, accurate knowledge can make a huge impact on our lives. Inaccurate knowledge can do the exact same thing, just in a negative way. And I feel like most things out there have myths or misconceptions. So is there any uh, myths or misconceptions about the restaurant industry that people have in their head that they think it's this way, it's not, or, or maybe even your three restaurants that you can share with us and maybe clear up some of these misconceptions out there? Yeah, I mean, one, probably the most obvious one to me is Food Network. You know, I have a bit of an issue with Food Network. I don't personally watch it. Uh, a lot of the reality shows are are shows. They're produced. They're they're set to a storyline, and they they show an angle or story that is not necessarily real, but that they want to sell. So I think 
in the past, there's been an unrealistic expectation for some employees coming to the industry because of that. There's been sometimes a negative image for uh, potential guests because of some of those shows. Mm-hmm. So that's one that I have a bit of a, you know, I'm not a huge fan of. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on, on a more positive side, I think people often don't really realize or forget how complex our industry really is. Like the reason I love this business 27 years later is that it involves you know commercial real estate and marketing and music and uniforms and decor and design and HR and cash flow and taxation. And then yes, there's food and there's wine and um, all the kind of stuff, but it's multidimensional and complex and super exciting for anyone who has a, an interest in the world of business at large. Oh yeah. I think that's a great way to put it. Uh, there's so many entrepreneurs, everybody that comes on here is an entrepreneur and um, we get to peel back the curtain a little bit. It's certainly the same in our end. Uh, what the audience sees is just the stage presentation, everything behind the curtain, the amount of skills that you have to develop, whether it's food or whether it's marketing, what we do or, or anything else. It's just a litany of very valuable skills to, to put out there in the world. So. I hope whoever was listening to that, that not only going to uh, restaurants like yours, where you learn the food industry, but you learn how to be a business person. You understand the world of business a bit better. I think that's a great point. Outside of business, Darcy, I mean, you are a busy guy. I can imagine three businesses. Um, what do you do for fun? What does Darcy get up to for a little fun, a little relaxation? Uh, believe it or not, this winter I was able, I'm a, avid skier so i have been able uh to get up to mount st louis quite a bit actually even though it's not very snowy out yeah i've had probably 15 uh mornings or evenings at mount st louis so far this winter mm-hmm. uh, so that's my winter thing i play a bit of hockey and like i said we live on simcoe so i like to get out in a paddleboard or kayak or just jump off the dock in the summertime um and it really is you know there's a bounty of nature trails here so yes. whether it's scout valley for a day hike um that kind of stuff i like being outdoors a lot beautiful mount st louis my uh, father and i we are are i snowboard he skis nice. we're buds and so we go out to mount st louis occasionally once or twice a year blue mountain but mount st louis is definitely our place we found that we preferred it over horseshoe valley and i'm out there all the time so uh it's just the mornings for me i love night skiing but the mornings to get on that fresh snow first thing in the day sometimes i'll start a work day like that don't tell my team, but sometimes my phone is on silent because I'm on the hill. Yeah, don't say anything. Uh, but that's a great way. I, I, I hear it all the time. It's it, the, the joy from nature. Whether you're in winter or you're in the summer, you're on the water, you're hiking, or you're out on the ski trails. I love it. It's, it's sometimes the simplest things in life that bring us the most joy. Um, I agree. Absolutely. I love that you're out there doing that. So this question, definitely one of my top and probably the most uncomfortable question, but we have it in here for a reason because I like to provide a little context. If if we are watching what society throws at us, so social media, cable or news, something like that, those are a lot of popular places to spend some time watching things. News tends to be a little salacious, quite negative in many cases. So you get an opposite end of the extreme. And then social media is the other side. In many cases, it's we're trying to polish up our lives and not give our real experience in many cases, make ourselves look better, even to the point of editing. So when somebody's maybe in a tough place and they go on a, somewhere like social media, they don't resonate. Why is everybody's life so perfect and mine isn't? 
we know that life is difficult. And sometimes through our most difficult challenges is the most growth where we can look back and say, I would not remove that from my life. Although it sucked at the time, it's made me who I am. So are there any trials, tribulations or life challenges that you'd be willing to share with us where you, they kind of sucked in the moment, certainly entrepreneurship, there are phases of suck. Um, but when you can look back, you say, I wouldn't have removed that. I wouldn't have changed that if I could go back because it made me who I am today. Yeah, I'll go maybe backwards from a recent one and I'll, I'll go three back um, and they'll, they'll grow in, uh, you know, I guess in, in impact and intensity. Um, but just, you know, trying to do picnic, um, I had an idea that I want to buy this commercial building downtown. I didn't realize, I didn't have all the money to do it, needed a mortgage. Um, you know, had to go around hustling for banks and trying to get someone. And uh, then they said I had to be the tenant inside the building. So we didn't set out to necessarily open picnic more so than I wanted the building. But they, the restrictions on that forced a different uh, end result. Um, and having to be the tenant in the building is where picnic came from. Um, so that was, a, you know, a couple, uh, lots of no's and sort of two step backwards. But we got to a really cool thing we're very proud of. That's kind of the most recent one, really. Obviously, just before that, COVID, you know, shook the whole world, um, forced us to be very creative. Um, and to be honest, you know, I actually really enjoyed that time. It was the first time since I was 16 years old that I was home that much, that I worked that little. I have two young kids at home. Um, you know, there's no more, all of a sudden there was no late Friday nights and Saturday nights and we did stuff at the restaurants, takeout and retail and special events, but we were by and large shorter days. So I quite liked that actually forced downtime and the home time. I, I made the best of it. Um, and going way back when I talked about my first restaurant in Toronto, uh, that was called Farmhouse Tavern. And Farmhouse Tavern was an homage to my parents. I grew up on a farm. Uh, they both passed away separately uh, from cancer. Uh, when I was 30, my mom and then uh, maybe eight years, seven, eight years later, my father. Um, but that first restaurant was an homage to them and how I grew up and that idea of having people. It wasn't about, people always thought it was about the farm and the food. It was about the farmhouse, the people in the house, the family, the friends, uh, and the social aspect. So that was, you know, a very difficult time, obviously. Um, but it certainly shaped the things I, I did and, and um, the direction that my life and career took yeah, it's amazing. And it's it's a common story in the world of entrepreneurship is you had this family experience. I imagine you guys showed each other's love by being in the same room, by eating and drinking and being married together. And, um, you know, everybody passes, unfortunately, and it's a painful experience. But now what came from that was this restaurant that you said was very successful. You're able to sell that down the line. Um, but I imagine that restaurant brought a lot of joy to people and your parents' essence in your family was in it. Yeah. Um, and then I love what you said about COVID. I, I don't even really like talking about it so much because I'm a fitness guy, I'm a nature guy, I like being active and I like being around my people. But like you, my business you know, keeps me busy and uh, we were able to stay open because there were still businesses that needed help growing. So I was thankful for that, but it was way dialed back compared to our normal time. So I got to spend more time like my my dad is he's he's my guy. He's what I work. He's who I work out with and all that. So it was really I don't know. It got me to really reevaluate how I was spending my days because I work a lot. And after COVID, 
there's a little bit more balance in my life. It changed my perspective a bit. But so many people had such a hard time that I don't, I don't like too often saying, yeah, I had a great time for that two years. My fitness went up, my reading went up, my relations went up. But I hear that a lot from people like yourself, people that make their own way. And no matter how shitty the situation is, they're going to find a way to enjoy it. Uh, I appreciate you sharing those stories with us, Darcy. Those were good, man. Cheers. My pleasure. What is one thing you wish our listeners knew about your business in particular? I think one thing if you, the guests will see in our restaurants is that we're very hands-on owners. Um, you know, we're, we're in the restaurants, you know, we, have, we both have young families and stuff like that, but we're still in the restaurants kind of every day, whether it's, you know, on a Tuesday afternoon when the kids are in school, obviously a busy Friday, Saturday nights, most often. Um, but we're locally owned, hands-on, young family guys that um, work hard and play hard. And I think we do a good job of giving back to our community. Um, but we're around the restaurants all the time. And it's that's that supporting local, buying local, uh, keeping your dollars in your community and locally is, is what you do when you uh, frequent our restaurants. Yeah, such an important piece. That's exactly our motto. That's one of the reasons why you're on here. You were nominated from somebody through our social media threads. Um, so somebody wants to hear from you. And the the local aspect of it, just helping our community first. And you can branch out from there. But let's start at home. We all live where we work. So do you. And it's just a great vibe. Just helping increase the quality of the lives of our local people by answering problems, providing better experiences. I love that you guys are doing that. And that you have three of them. I imagine one restaurant is tough. Three. Jesus. Yeah, kitchen busy. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Um, something I don't put on the questionnaire. This is my favorite question. I know I've said I have a few favorite. I, I really enjoy doing this. Hopefully you can tell. But um, I don't put this on there because I find some sometimes people like to script their answers and we want uh, candid conversations. So I've been very lucky to have some great mentors from a young age. It just kind of happened. And um, I look at being a son or a brother or a father or a hockey player, or entrepreneur, or whatever, different categories, different facets of life. But the game that I'm playing, the arena that I'm in is the arena or the game of life. That's the big picture. And my mentors planted the seed at a young age to say, you know, it's, it'd be very prudent to think about the impact that you've created already. Was it good? Was it bad? It was it did it do nothing the impact that you're trying to create today and the impact that you'd like to create forward. You have no idea how long you're going to be here. So take advantage of the time that you're here. And if you could look up after your life is done, bird's eye view, what was your impact on the world? What would you want it to be? So it's something that I think about quite a bit and I'm very interested to hear from other people. So I like to ask you, Darcy, what would you like your impact to be on your family, your community, your world, whichever one you prefer? Yeah, I know. I think first and foremost, my two girls, like, you know, I, I just, my, my bio is want to be super dad and then, and then everything else. Um, that that's by far the, the biggest impact um, that I can have. I think my wife and I, and as far as the industry, like I do a lot, I think in this industry, I'm on an advisory board right now at Georgian college in Barry. I was at Centennial for five years. I've taught at George Brown. I've taught at Niagara college. So I've always loved, giving back some time and energy to the younger generation coming up in this business. Um, I have some, you know, former 
staff of mine that own restaurants in Vancouver and in Collingwood. And I, I find that so cool that, you know, um, not that I take any credit for it, but people who are maybe a bartender or a server uh, that had me as a manager or an owner <laughs> didn't get turned off by the business, um, but realized there was a career there for them and have gone on to do their own projects. Um, I find that really amazing to, to see and to, uh, and to go to those restaurants and be a guest and, and enjoy them. It is pretty awesome. So really just enjoying your life by being a role model, helping people, watching them grow and, and impacting the, the people who come under your wing, essentially, whether it's your kids or people that work in your staff or your community, you're just out there trying to make a better place for us. Yeah. I love it, man. That's, that's what we're trying to do. Darcy, how can people find out about you? They know the three names of your restaurant, but there's an address or a social media feed or a phone number. What's the best way to yeah, get a hold of you? I mean, they're all, about, all, all a little bit different, I should say. Sorry. Um, I guess Facebook and Instagram, uh, it's an umbrella company kind of thing, but really it's just the common stove. Again, is that live fired steakhouse. We do a lot of vegetables over fire. Menu is kind of divided between meat and veg. Mm -hmm. um, so if that's your vibe, that's where to find us. Mm -hmm. uh, picnic, again, very European, small, charming, live music on Sundays, the little uh, bodega shop at the back. That's your vibe. We're right in the heart of downtown. And then if you're a pub guy or gal, um, we have live music at the pub Friday nights, Saturday nights, Sunday afternoons, crazy popular. We're open seven days a week at Picnic and at the pub. So if you're downtown Aurelia, we're easy to find. Beautiful. So you heard it. Three different locations, three different experiences, three different vibes. Find them online. Find them on social media. They're all in your local Aurelia hub. Darcy, it was a pleasure getting to know about your business story and even more importantly, you, what you stand for and what you're trying to do. It was great having you on the show, man. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast Neighbors. To nominate your favorite local businesses to be featured on the show, go to gnpmidhurst.com. That's gnpmidhurst.com. Or call 705-413-3775.